Welcome everyone to Let's Get Real with HR. I am your host, Constantine Sky, and I have Emma Smith joining us from the UK. Welcome to the show, Emma. Thank you for having me, Constantine. It's great to join you. So, Emma, you are known as the Horsey HR Lady. Could you tell us a little bit about the origination of this name? So, not only do I have a passion for HR, I also have a very huge passion for horses. And when I was rebranding last year, so 2022, I decided that I'd take my tagline of the Horsey HR Lady and turn it into my business name. Because it just made sense. Most people where where I'm from in, in Warwickshire in the Midlands, they know me as the horsey HR lady. So I thought, well, let's just make it happen. Awesome. And around the uh, work that you do, it is within the HR consulting space, but you're also known as the ISO auditor for the HR metrics, right? I absolutely am. Yeah, I have liked building dashboards for companies for a number of years and kind of 2021, I had a chat with with a guy in the UK who had become the first ever auditor trained by the lead body for the HR standards. And I was like, well, this is actually a great way. You'll know yourself in HR. You know, we, we all, we all say, well, this is employee turnover, but actually each HR person tweaks that formula. That's the standard formula slightly differently. So having a set of standards that has some predetermined formula. And for me, makes life so much easier because all of a sudden you can benchmark globally. That, that's right. And one of the biggest questions that we get asked all the time as we work with the people analytics and the HR space is which metrics do I use? What, how do I measure it? How do I report it in so many different ways, both internally and externally? So I personally mm-hmm. am not very familiar with ISO. So perhaps you could tell us a little bit about the ISO standard, how it came about, the origination story around the HR metrics? Yeah, so the, the, the HR ISOs, and that there is more than one, are actually created with the American National Standards Institute leading the way with many others, the Brit, Brits being one of them. So there's a, there's a lot of organizations and guidance that have gone into this. So the standard was first published in December 2018, and it is relatively unheard of mm-hmm. within the HR world. And one of my sta- one of my things is to is to start telling people about it and what it can actually do. I think that that sort of leads me to the next question: What can it do? And we're in particular for the listeners, we're talking about the ISO 30414, correct? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I am an auditor for 3414, which is titled Human Resource Management Guidelines for Internal and External Human Capital Reporting, which is a lovely way of saying this document has 58 metrics in there, which is all about measuring HR. And the big thing for me is, This is starting to speak the language of the finance teams. So this is for HR, for years, HR have been, we want a seat at the top table, but we're seen as the policy police or the people historically that you would send because they were crying. And so HR was the tea and tissues come part of the organization. And I I think that actually using data can change that. 
And it's about being responsible with our data. And there are 58 metrics in here, but then they are there, then segmented to internal reporting, external reporting, but also for the size of the organization. So if you are a small, you know, you employ five people, you're not going to have the, the breadth of reporting that a thousand, an organization right. with a thousand plus the IBMs, the SAPs. You're not going to be wanting to do the same. However, using the data benefits everybody because we can start to use HR data to inform business strategy. I'm wondering if you have a specific example that we can play around with a little bit and perhaps one of the metrics in ISO that people like to talk about quite a bit is around the turnover. So perhaps yep. you could tell us a little bit about the, how ISO recommends measuring turnover. So, it, so turnover is within a section that also includes recruitment and mobility. So it's, it's looking at, already looking at a more rounded piece. So we're looking not just at what employee turnover is, and it does give us a, a turnover figure, but also in another section, it's also looking at, at the definition of what that cost associated with turnover mm -hmm. is. So a lot of this standard is around, let's actually link metrics because it's not just about employee turnover. Mm -hmm. It's about are employees leaving from what the organization considers to be a critical position, i.e. That, that the organization is going to struggle without, mm -hmm. that, without that position in the organization. Let's break it down even further and what is voluntary turnover? What is involuntary? Is where are we putting retirement in, in all of this? In the UK, we no longer have a statutory retirement age. It got taken out several years ago now, but that used to be something that we would use to plan. You know, but let's, let's really start to break this down. If we've got a standard turnover formula, then we can break this down. We can look at it from. A diversity perspective is the turnover rate happening within a specific group of employees. Is that gender specific? Is that race specific? Where is that going? And then take, let's take this further. Let's not just use the quantitative data that a, a, a formula will give us. Let's do some information and some qualitative information around the exit reasons. So mm -hmm. what is happening in those exit interviews? And does that match potentially what's happening in appraisal documentation? So all of a sudden we can start to pull out keywords. And mm -hmm. instead of just saying to a board, well, our turnover rate is 10% and it's 5% for our critical positions. Well, actually, yeah, 5% for our critical is great. But where is our... Where is our new people coming through? What are we doing to replace those? Because there is no such thing as a job for life these days. So this is where I think the standard is great because it really starts to focus the brain on, let's not just look at one piece of data, let's look at it all. Okay. So employee turnover, some percentages is great and it's expected. We need new blood in the organization. But actually, when it becomes too high, What's going on there is, does that mean that we've got a manager that still thinks it's the 1960s, the 1970s, where typically he can just shout and have his team go, well, how high would you like me to jump boss? 
the world has evolved from there and we need to make sure that, you know, so it is, it's digging much, much deeper into the actual grassroots reasons of, of why turnover is going up, is going down or, or what's actually going on with it. Yeah. And so that's a super important perspective as I'm thinking about it and listening to you. It is almost seems that the ISO standard is seen as an integration between the different metrics and HR strategy, which is ultimately what a lot of the people analytics and HR leaders really want to drive within the organization. And mm. at the same time, there's that additional perspective that I've seen a lot of people analytics professionals tend to adopt is that reporting is not analytics, right? It's not strategy. How do you feel mm -hmm. about that? Pure reporting isn't strategy in my world, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean the reporting can't inform the strategy. And I'm all about using the data to inform the strategy. In my corporate experience, I've worked for manufacturing businesses and I've sat there and said to them, yeah, great. You want to put on a 12 hour continental four on four off shift pattern? That's fabulous. Mm -hmm. The buses don't start till half past six. What's the point of starting it at six o'clock in the morning? Hmm. Because you're automatically excluding people that can't get there. So it's not just necessarily about the data within the ISO standard. This is about HR teams and operational teams looking at data from a wider angle. And let's go and, you know, and going, well, okay, so. From a turnover perspective, well, why is everybody leaving that manager? Because typically, in my experience, people leave managers, not organizations. But again, you know, when you when a business is choosing to to do things like put a new shift pattern on or change working hours, or you know, in the current concept, you know, what does hybrid working look like? What does a four-day week look like? Will that work in an organization? Mm -hmm. Actually, it's it's going deeper and, and having a look into your data. So, you know, what is the makeup of our people? How many people have caring responsibilities in our organization? Are they caring for elders? Are they caring for, for children? Do they have a disabled sibling or child or elder that they need to look at, look after? And what will the impact be on, on them? It's about pulling the, and as HR teams, we have so much information at our fingertips, That's but we right. do very, very little with it. And for me, the, the 3414 is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. You know, we can, as a HR consultant, I can take you through the standard and go, right, yeah, okay, you're not meeting this. Mm -hmm. But because I'm also an auditor, whilst I can't mark my own homework, so if I come in as a consultant, I then can't be an auditor. But because I know the audit, the way the audit will be carried out, I do my consultancy in a similar way. So I can sit there and go, well, actually, you're not meeting that requirement at all. And that means I can sit and focus some energy on that and understand what it is and, and how we want. One of the things I do is I sit with boards of directors and C-suites and go, what is it you want for your HR reporting? Don't tell me what they're doing. What is it that you actually want? Mm -hmm. For too many years, I've delivered reports that have employee turnover as a single graph, that have you know the number of hours over time that, that, that have been worked and, and things like that. But the big thing here is about linking this information together. As That's I said right. earlier, turnover rate on its own is, is, is an indicator, but when you start to look at the turnover costs, and that's the, the, the cost of using a recruitment agency to fill the post 
well, that's probably going to be three or four months. And, you know, and in that time, you're going to have overtime work to cover that. If they are working on a laptop, well, it will the laptop, is the laptop in a, in a position where it can be recycled and reused for, for a new person or does a new one have to be bought? Mm-hmm. And it's actually looking at all of that. It's the management time of recruiting and, and managing people. And often we don't always allow managers t- enough time in their working weeks to do the management part of their job as much as the technical part. And it's when you start to add all of this information together and using the standard like this, where it's got all of these metrics in, then actually you can sit and go, well, actually, that's really good. And that links to that. And it's a, a great way to delve into issues hmm. and really delve deeply into well, actually what is potentially wrong with an organization. That's right. And it is about looking at the metrics and the reports that are being produced and then doing the analysis triangulation across the different yeah. metrics that we are observing. So in that way, I actually think that reporting can become analytics if we are willing to cross that uh, bridge into the analysis itself. Yeah. One of the yeah. things... That- um- because and to do that, HR professionals need to upscale with 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 some analytical skills. Yeah, and one of the things that's there were actually several things that crossed my mind is you mentioned that ISO is sort of a requirement, but my understanding is of it is more that it's a guideline uh, because there's no necessarily any type of consequences if you don't meet the ISO standards or are there perhaps and HR professionals just don't know about this? There there, there are no consequences if you don't follow it. It's a fabulous Mm -hmm. piece of of, of work for best practice and you know with a whole range of of ISOs in the the 304 process you know you can take things like quality per hire and there's a whole standard just on that Mm -hmm. but for organizations that are looking at social responsibility, social governance for organizations that are listed on the stock exchange, they're suddenly being required to publish disclosures about human capital. Mm-hmm. That's not the best terminology in the world, human capital. It, this is about people. But people make up a large part of, a, of an organization. You, you can't get away from that. It's one thing being a one-man band. But once you start to employ, you're starting to grow your business. And certainly once you're on the stock exchanges, you know, your stakeholders, your shareholders want some feedback about what is potentially the largest cost on your balance sheet and on your P&L account. So why not use something like an ISO yeah. standard to help you get there? You know, 9001 and it, it's, it's revisions is the quality standard. And I'm sure... Similar conversations were had back when 9001 was originally introduced. Mm. Um, and the same for the health and safety equivalents and, and all of those. ISOs are a fabulous way to use as building blocks and to really start. And I think, you know, this ISO is no different. It's just new because HR people aren't, aren't used to that. Mm. Um, HR teams aren't used to being audited. Some of my background I have spent in the food manufacturing industry here mm-hmm. in the UK. And I have had regular annual, potentially quarterly audits from the people we're supplying the food to. And some of these are very well-known brands in the UK. And then you do things like, are you compliant with the ethical trading initiative? 
And if you're not compliant with that for some of these large names in the, in the UK, actually, they're, they're, they're potentially going to take the, the contract away from you because they're interested mm. in, in what the people are. It's no different to finance having their work audited once a year for the accounts. <laughs> the difference is, is HR people need to kind of adapt this and realize, actually, we're not there to point fingers. This is about where are you on a, on a process? You know, right. Where are you now? Where are you going? And the, you know, from an audit perspective, we'll audit once every three years. Hmm. So what, what is your plan of action between today when you've just been given the certification and three years time when you come to renew it? What, what are you going to be doing differently in that three years? Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, um, and this, the standard is fairly young. You, you mentioned that 2018 is when it came to be. So perhaps it is just the adoption curve, really, where HR professionals don't know about the standard per yeah, se. I, I think it, it still is on that adoption curve. Hmm. Yeah, it, so, you know, it's right, there's, there, you're right. There is an adoption curve here. And I'm sure that's the same for all of these sorts of things when, 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 they, when they came out. Here, it's about saying to HR people, well, you don't have to be analytical. You can work with your IT teams and your business analyst teams. They don't have to have access to the name of a person and the gender of a person. They can do it all anonymously through APIs and things like that. Because obviously, HR, we're concerned about privacy. We're concerned about data and about having it in the right hands. But actually, we can also use it for, for much better. The ISO standards for HR are very, very young. They're a fabulous place to start for pushing back and challenging and going, well, actually, I don't just want to give the board a report on employee turnover. Actually, I want to make it bigger. Let's, let's link it into the, you know, what, what does our employee survey say? What, what, what do our employees think? Are they just giving us the normal, the cafeteria isn't right, the toilet smell, but actually, what else, what themes are coming up in there that might be, might be coming up in appraisals? We can use this standard to help develop succession planning. And actually, why shouldn't we share some of the metrics in this standard with our employees? You know, if we're going to share some of them with our stakeholders, why not share them? Clearly, I'm biased because I'm an auditor and I'm, I'm an oddball as a HR generalist that I happen to like data. But I've worked with IT directors. I've worked, yeah, you know, I've put an IT service desk into my HR team because I wanted to see where they were spending their time. I, I, part of it was making, was moving the organization on from let's fill in a piece of paper to give somebody a pay rise or to put a, a sick note in a open pigeonhole in reception that I then went and picked up hours, days later. You know, I'm starting to put some data privacy in here and, and making things work. But then actually I could start to use that data to go, well, actually, why is that department always recruiting for that post? <laughs> and it, for me, it, it all comes down to let's get the seats at the table. If operations are planning to recruit somebody, well, well, what are they doing? Why do they want that? Let's have a chat with the marketing team. What are they planning promotional-wise next year? <laughs> do we have enough people on the sales team to support that? You know, let's take it back even further. How many people have been on maternity or adoptive or paternity leave in the last three to five years? We can use that to project what might happen next year. Will it be 100% true? No. 
because human nature doesn't work that way. That's right. But let's start to use the basics that's in 3414 as a mechanism to start talking the same language as the board and to start making predictive analytics much more beneficial. From working in the food industry, they knew when their peak sales time was. Um, the last company I worked for was a bacon factory. Um, so obviously, if you're in the UK, we all love a bacon butty. Um, so we started uplifting to make bacon in June to sell it in November and December so that we can put it on the turkey and we can have bacon butties for Boxing Day and for when visitors are coming around. So, but that still has to go through a process to be made. And we used to start that in June. One of the companies I worked for had a Christmas pudding company. They made Christmas mm-hmm. puddings all year round. They actually had a rest in December. And it's, it's doing that sort of stuff. You know, landscapers are probably going to be more busy in the summer months than they are in the winter months because the winter, it's wet, it's cold. Do you really want building work going on in your back garden where the builders and the landscapers have got to walk through your house with muddy boots on? Probably not. And this is where HR data can really help. And the ISO is just a start point. It's 58 metrics. Let's start using them. Let's have a look at them. They're not all quantitative. You know, we need to embrace word clouds. We need to embrace looking deeper. Um, I run in-person seminars and I take a bucket of Lego with me and everybody goes, what on earth are you doing? But, you know, that's the fun of it. I ask people to build a house knowing I haven't given them any roofing tiles and they don't have enough bits. Mm-hmm. And that's where, from an HR perspective, that's where we're starting out with, with data and metrics and analytics. It's not just about, well, somebody said we need to do this. Actually, let's turn it on its head and find out what people want. That's right. That's right. And um, you, you, you did mention that um, it's a relatively young standard. It is uh, one of the things that can help HR become much more strategic in the way that they go. So if somebody wanted to get started, where, where, where do they go? How do they learn about it? What, what do they do? So the, the, for the first instance for me would be to go and purchase the standard itself and have a read. And you can do that through your national body. So in the UK, I bought mine through the British Standards Institute. You can buy it directly off ISO themselves. You can buy it as a printed copy. You can buy it as a PDF, whatever works for you. But then if you really want to delve into it, there are people like me, and there's not just me in the UK, there's a handful of us globally mm-hmm. where people can come and connect to and we can work as, as the consultant, but also an auditor for it. There are only seven companies worldwide that have been audited against this standard. So if we can start to push that and, and really lift that, and I'm fortunate I was on the first ever audit, so I'm very, very happy to to say that, and that they passed. So yeah, so you know, it is, it's a case of by the standard, have a read, and then find somebody like me, and if you, you, know, you can come and have a chat with me and you can work with me, I audit via another company called HCM Metrics, led by David Simmons. And he was trained by the by the one of the people that actually put the standard together from the Amer- American Institute. So you know, let's let's share the information and let's work together as as a, as a group of HR people to share knowledge and learnings and go. Actually, this can be a real game changer for us. 
That's right. And uh, thank you so much for this great conversation, Emma. Um, I think that, you know, I'm myself, I'm not super familiar with ISO. I got so much out of it. And I think that it is going to be something that um, listeners also are going to take out as they learn for about the ISO and the different use cases and how it can be applied strategically. So I appreciate you coming to the show. Thank you so much for coming and educating us. No, so thank you very much for the invite. And, you know, if anybody wants to know more, I'm happy to, to run through the whole standard. I do actually have a, a little document that has all 58 metrics in there. Well, the names of them. I don't, I'm not that daft to, to give people the formula and the real nitty gritty behind it all. But if anybody is interested in that, Constantine, I'm happy to share that with you so that you can share that with your listeners. Yeah, I think that uh, we'll include some of your links in the show notes as well as the standard um, or this document might be very helpful for a lot of people who are looking to get started with HR metrics um, or revise their HR metrics to become more strict. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Thank you, Emma. Thank you, Constantine. All right. Cheers, everyone.